0: The richness that's been reminded to me in our conversations is definitely about community. We're all in such a crazy world right now. And that need for us to really reach out and remind ourselves and each other's that we can't do it alone. And no matter how good we are, you know, at one thing, no matter what, what we're leading in, you know, what we're thriving on, there's an element of sparking off together going to help us to really really do a much greater service to us as individuals and to the collective
1: Try this bad out. Nice. you are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens where humanity are stakeholders different distinctions encouraged intention starts from a no judgment zone a certain age is not criteria and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation
2: excited to have you here on the decision table where by the way anything can happen and it probably will and this is a platform where i just love to have conversations with other amazing humans who you never know what you're going to learn you never know what could come from the conversation And it's as simple as having a conversation. And I, on purpose, by the way, don't get to know you beforehand. On purpose, I don't give questions. I don't, you know, go, this is where we're going with it because I don't know you and I don't know what's going to come from this. So welcome, Emma, to the conversation. Where are you in the world right now?
0: I am in Norfolk in the UK.
2: thought you were in a little place a little different to where we are. (laughs) yeah so is that night time where you are
0: yeah it's 10 15
2: oh my gosh you are doing well bright. yeah i have careful. i
0: generally have a rest in the afternoon so i'm feeling good we had a nice dinner and yeah
2: mm, what was on the dinner tonight
0: it's actually a Michelin star restaurant, so lots of little wow. tastings. Yeah, really nice brill fish, gorgeous cauliflower dish. Mm. Um, there was a bit of dark and a bit of deer. I eat meat, so it was just really wow. good.
2: So, good high protein high in protein. the meat there. Mm, love it. I'm, yeah, on, I'm, a I'm,
0: carb, on a- I'm a low carb girl.
2: So, you, I'm on this crazy ass eating style right now because I'm trying to optimize my health. I've had trouble with it in the past. Okay. And uh, where I ended up in a, a wheelchair and everything shut down. Yeah. And so, we're trying to get everything maximizing, optimizing. Yes. So, it's interesting. My doctor now that I'm working with has said to me that he originally thinks I had a back injury that was undiagnosed and that's what sent all this craziness off the sympathetic nerves shut everything down and yes it's like over 14 years journey and I'm on that next stretch of going okay we've got movement I walk without a stick I walk without any aid at all now but that means everything's got to realign and everything's got to get pumping through and having flow through the inside and so that's been a Huge journey. So I literally just before I came on I pricked myself. I'm I'm checking my keto, my glucose, everything to see what mm. foods are working, what are not working. And uh, I have some amazing out out.
0: tips and contents mm. and really good ways of testing what's going on as well so
2: okay so give me three top tips on that so that listeners I always go what they're talking about something and then they open a loop and then you walk away from it so give our listeners and those that will listen to this on a podcast uh, later three tips that are good things to know about that
0: I would say find a really, really advanced kinesiologist because they can backtrack, reverse engineer to exactly what the root of the cause is. Mm. I had, some, I had a bit of a burnout and also I ended up not being able to walk properly. My nerves and my hands were going a few years ago and it was really scary. So. The medicine I would need if I was going down the allopathic route made the medicines through a homeopath, <laughs> mm-hmm. and to be honest, I still because of COVID and all things, I, I'm only just getting my doctor's appointments now, and it's like eighteen yeah. months, two years later. So I would say find a really good team, two or three people, or one really good person who can really help. Who's not? I mean, of of course, you know, you can get good healers yeah. and stuff, but people who can actually test your system and I know exactly what's going on so yeah yeah I love that yeah definitely one of my tips the second is of course like nutrition try and cut out all the refined sugars have a very high high vegetable diet I'm somebody who can't do without meat so I'm sorry for I have tried to be vegetarian vegan raw food all the things and I just get really really sick so for some people they (laughs) come
2: the other way that I don't want to be eating all the meat and they're like we need you eating more meat we really do you need it in your diet Mm,
0: yeah so i would say you know a lot of people do give up that meat and actually Mm. they do need it for especially if you've been really sick some people go like really the opposite and go raw or you know full Mm. detox but the body is is just too weak to be dealing with that yeah, so that's another good tip. And the other yeah, is just really great. get yourself into a place where you can minimize stress. So yeah, find so some mm-hmm. two or three things that you just love doing, and just make sure every day you're doing at least one or two of them. And then yeah. you know, bounce them out with like a really good rhythm. With yeah, I've got to get this done, but actually, it feels expansive because I'm going to do this later. Yeah. So
2: keeping. It I, think that, I think that I think that's stress. I think that's stress eliminating that and creating space that is happy space is underestimated right now and i think that it is so important for all of us functioning in in our whole ecosystem so like if you're feeling stressed you're never going to hit the numbers unless it's going to put extra pressure on you and you know you're feeling stressed you're going to say things in relationships that are either going to lose you team or lose you partnerships or friends or family or whatever because of the stress. So, the stress never adds any value to any of us in whatever space we're in right now. So, and I think it's an underestimated sort of evil in our environment
0: yeah it's I mean it's actually the root of my work is to help to clear the system of the you know getting you out of the fight or flight and the protective mechanism the stress Mm. the stress gives you interesting okay I had no idea
2: I had no idea yeah Yeah, an
0: identity Mm. or a coping mechanism that actually isn't really you it's a coping mechanism or a protective Mm. mechanism and then you think that's you because you've been doing it so long or your nervous system has to do it to feel safe yeah and you know when you can get outside of that identity or that you know energy influx you know which isn't healthy then you can start to clearly think you can be be in a space rather than have to do or have to compromise or have to you know make adjustments for so so tell
2: me tell me with the fight and flight was that something that you went down that pathway because you were finding yourself In fight and flight all the time? Or was it Um, something you saw in people that you were working with? Why this?
0: I think I had it from early on, from really tiny. Mm. Some quite traumatic, some just really stressful situations. I was an early carer for my mom, kind of Mm. mixed relationships with my parents. Then, yeah, just... I kind of became used to things being on edge. I actually kind of thrived on edge. So I would seek out, like, as soon as everything was normal, I was like, something's going to go wrong, something's going to go wrong. I better kind of make it go wrong because then I've got a bit of control over why. So
2: tell me more about that because I get told that a lot and I've heard that over the years. But that was something and I think that was actually the key to me not staying in drama was I hated being in that situation, I felt more out of control because it was out of control in chaos and overwhelm, things like that, that fight and flight. How did you want to stay in there? Or like, what was it about that that you go, oh, I've got control in there?
0: I think the nervous system just gets used to it. It's familiar. It's comfortable. It's obviously, it's not really comfortable, (laughs) but it's known. So, that known state is easier than the unknown state like the unknown state of silence or quiet or like is something gonna happen that's kind of freaky for someone who's been you know, in a tumultuous situation for much of their life. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like the drive of the entrepreneur or the drive of the, kind of the businessman. Yeah, absolutely. Needing to keep going, not being able to sit still, you know, just wondering what's next, being on that edge all the time. But actually being on that edge stops you from being open to your full senses. It stops you from really fine tuning into that sensitivity you know in that sensitivity is the gold because you are be able to tune into things you know in your intuition or in your instincts or outside of what's physically happening in your energetic nervous system Mm -hmm. so the energetic Mm -hmm. nervous system when it's on full thriving it takes up a lot of space and then when you can calm it down and release it which is what I do with my clients then all of a sudden there's yeah. a whole new layer of space and from there life is so different because you are in a state of being you can get in a state of super flow you actually can get through that ceiling of that next level that you're trying to reach it's amazing it's mm. so
2: strange like I still I, I don't relate to that piece even though I've had such a you know, a horrible past of an old story, you know, that used to be very, very much broken and falling apart. But that was the thing that I was drawn to going, why is it that so many other people have a happy life? Why is it there's so much, you know, even when people have been delivered horrible environments that they've been born into or grown up in or, you know, being handed Uh, They've chosen to go a different pathway, and that became fascinating to me. Like so fascinating that I built my whole life around that. Figuring out what are the why, uh, you know, looking at the patterns of those that in the environments in which we find ourselves in, but then going, what am I doing with what the data that I have that now is coming in? What am I doing with it? And then where do I actually want to be? And Mm -hmm. I really. It's interesting because one of the things that I know and when I was early on in business, I worked a lot with females who were startups and I realized very quickly that was not my arena to play in. And when I mean startups, I mean, they were like just thinking about having a business. They were starting to run their business and I didn't have the patience for it. Because a lot of the time, anyone that started any business, anyone that started any new initiative, the next level of what that can look like, there are always the teething problems. There's always those stresses and the challenges. What I love is when those can move through those as fast as possible Mm -hmm. because we all go through them. I'm not saying we never do because we do. But I couldn't handle those that got stuck in them. As in they would be still having the same problem a year later, two years later. And I realized at that time many loved the drama of what is versus the unknown and moving into what is so much better. And I didn't understand that at the time. I, I didn't understand how you'd want to stay in that moment But having been around the traps a little while now, you know, I definitely just go they're not my people as in there's many that can work with them. I tend to work with those that are really on the pioneering, innovative and already got something happening but want to play at a much bigger level. And it's not that one was better than the other. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't have the patience. I didn't have the... What is it? The uh, unless you want to change, I just here's 50 million other people that can work with you. Is what I
0: yeah. <laughs> and
2: am probably going to get a lot of haters from this conversation, but it's the truth. It is what I, literally happened. I think,
0: the, I think yeah. the underlying issues of those people having the teething problems are the same yeah. as the bigger problems of people up leveling. Of course, I think the root of them are the same. Um, Absolutely.
2: By the way, the patterns were definitely the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's just how willing they are to acknowledge those things and how ready they are to actually work on it. Because I think
2: it's that key more. So often people are willing to acknowledge, not always, as you're saying. But I think the key to that piece is when you acknowledge it, are you willing to disrupt whatever that pattern is to their rewire to a different one. The
0: bottom line is, is it costing them enough that they need to move? Like if, if it's like pushing them to the edge of, I don't know, about to throw out a relationship or being really pushed to the edge of their business And by
2: the way, in many cases it was. And in many cases they would rather throw out that relationship Mm. than do the hard work Mm. to actually pull through. And we've all been there. We've all been through those moments. Like, you know, I was just literally, we we had a reach out yesterday of someone who's got a really child that's been told that is only going to live for a certain amount of time. And they were asking us as a couple, my husband and I, of what we did when we were faced with, yeah, 28 weeks, the prognosis of a child being born, if he was lucky to be born, they thought he was going to be dead at birth. But if he was going to survive that, at best case, he'd be in a vegetated state. How did we deal with things like that? How did we deal with – and so I gave literally, you know, a whole lot of just insights – to how to work through that challenge. Mm. It was, I mean, it was a pretty horrific challenge and it continues and it's such a journey. But reality was I wanted the results of something different than what I was being told than being staying in that. So, you know, if I just take his example, my son, his whole brain half of it was brain damaged and speckles on the other side, hence why they didn't think he would survive, hence why they figured that he'd be in a vegetated state if he was to survive. All of the speaking was the side that was totally brain damaged. But my whole thinking and and what I've learned through the pattern work that I do is that actually we have all these brain cells we don't use. Mm. So if that's a truth, then how do we – sort of just unplug that 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 wire that's not working right now and plug it into a system that's going to give us a pathway to exactly. be able to yes.
0: move that. Yeah, and for me that, I mean, I'm always very optimistic and I will always see the best outcome possible. And sometimes it is really hard to get people moving who are just comfortable or more comfortable with what they know. I like to... Yeah, offer everybody the chance, but also if people aren't ready or they haven't had, they haven't had enough of that shock. They haven't had enough of that fear. They haven't, Mm -hmm. they don't, can't see that full vision. I mean, that's something I'm very good at doing for people is helping them to see their full vision, their next level. Sometimes they can't see it. Sometimes they can see it and they just can't reach it. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit of a superpower of mine to like help people get through that. So give
2: me a strategy around how you do that.
0: Well, first of all, it's figuring out what that looping pattern is. Yeah. And often it's presenting as something current, but it's generally something which happened when they were much, much smaller and there'll be different replications mm-hmm. of it through their life. So first of all, it's recognizing it and even before that i would say it's knowing that there's a next level that they're not able to reach so they have to be conscious they have to be aware and of course that can come through some mentoring and discussion but the best way for me is actually to test the energy system so i use a kinesiology type method Mm. but more based around the mind emotions and the energy of the imprints themselves so we can backtrack and reverse engineer It's really, really powerful because it does literally release that block and then it frees up the energy and all of a sudden they've got all this new energy. There's a wider perspective. They're not just working on getting that protective mechanism Or maintaining that protective mechanism and keeping inside that safety box. So it's a little bit of pushing, a little bit of pulling, getting them to see, getting them to see their future vision, their future self, um, getting them to rearrange quite a bit in their environment and their habits. Not those necessarily. It can even be two or three small tweaks. Mm -hmm. But those things are so specific to them. I use a methodology which goes into nine spectrums of self. Some of them are pretty kind of yogic, cosmic. And some of them are very practical, like environment, how people relate yeah. to space, space and Relate time. to that, yes. Also people's polarity, what pushes them, what pulls them. Some mm-hmm. people really, really Give love Give me it an time.
2: example of pushing, pulling. Just, uh, some people... Because I always think that we live this world and we know and we're in our heads in a lot of this and our listeners sometimes hear a word or hear a thought and go, what are they talking about when they're having that conversation? So
0: Yeah, so for me, mm. push-pull is... Some people love expanding and kind of dreaming and and building some people my
2: favorite i'm one of those that's me too (laughs) Uh,
0: some people love being in that focused detail oriented or sometimes internal state and actually like the breath of life or like our own breath Mm -hmm. we need the exhale we need the inhale we need the pause in between so it's really everyone needs to find their own rhythm of push and pull there's always needs to be enough tension to keep and maintain that hold and pull but enough relaxation that there's also an ease and everybody's mm. each relationship each conversation each situation each choice is all about us being aware of our own natural rhythm with polarity yeah. so a project can I can I
2: so mm. can I just interrupt that for a second because when you talk about like this I I go and I put myself into that situation and I go I think one of the interesting things and one of the t- most trickiest things I have ever had to learn to work with rather than against in my own life is the fact that I'm hugely big like with the whole visionary, the whole future thinking, the that side of it but I'm actually really good in the analytical, logical, the strategic, the focus, Mm -hmm. the going right to where are we now, being present, going what is that, what do I need to think about and then pulling all those things. The problem with this, I mean, it's my genius zone now and it's why I do what I do and can do what I do. But I have to tell you, for many, many years, it meant that I didn't fit in with the big visionaries. I didn't fit in with the, the ones that think very logical and analytical and now, and I didn't sort of just fit in with the ones that do the strategy And the, because I had pieces of all of those things that were so strong in me. And if I ever saw a weakness in anything, I'd go, oh, what is that piece that I'm missing there? And I'd go and work on that piece until I became a lot stronger again in that area.
0: That's amazing. Um, I mean, that's mm. really profound because for most people, either they stir away from what they're not good at, but learning yeah. how to ride that wave where you can do both. Like this was the same with me. I'm always, I've always been super sensitive, very in tune, yeah. Uh, yeah. really intuitive. And then, but I also like being productive and getting shit done. Like times yeah. where I, times where I like went to live in communities or with the Buddhists wow. or in with the sadhus in India. Yes. It was great. And I'm like, yeah, but this is kind of boring. Like you yeah. guys have got so much yeah. to do. But you it's, knew the power of what they were doing so much, and what, yeah. how important it was. there was so much potential. Yes. And I'm like, but we could get loads of shit done as well. Like, that's do we me. have to sit like yeah. in a cave forever? It's like, no, 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 that's not me. But yeah. then I was trying to get into like the productive, mm-hmm. kind of really Western driven world. And I didn't also Correct. fit in there. No, so not me. My, whole, my yeah. whole methodology is actually mm. – getting that balance between the two because we don't have to choose we are multifaceted, and like who said we have to just be good at maths or you know what i'm saying and that's kind of where you
2: come into that rebel side because this is not the normal thinking right like this is Mm -hmm. not necessarily the most accepted and i have to tell you that we have to own this piece i totally agree but then we have to work in in civil society as well And how does that work? What are you well, What are you seeing with that How, What's your insights around that
0: Well even in like My own world Like sometimes I'm really driven And sometimes I just need to I'm not very good at resting To be honest Oh <laughs> and I hear I kind you of, girl I hear I, you Yeah but I had to get <laughs> sick I had to get sick myself We talked mm, about that At the me be- too, beginning Me too Me <laughs> too To actually be able to Hone in that part of me Even though I yeah. love meditating I love teaching yoga You know run festivals And all sorts of yeah. things For people to do that themselves It's to be still the nervous system has to be on a really really good level so
2: yeah you know sorry I don't mean to interrupt but I I love this piece so much that I want people to understand this piece because I think it's in that stillness that and, and I am gonna I can't wait to hear what you've got to say around that stillness because I had to learn what that stillness needed to look like for me So, for others, they can sit for how many days, not eat anything, breathe, and sit by the water, and that to them is stillness. Others meditate for hours in their day. Others, you know, like do all these different things. I had to learn, and I tried that. I was in the fitness industry, and I have to say, there was like Pilates, yoga, all those kind of classes. It was a combination of what they called that. And I would go in that class and I would try my hardest to be in that moment, to be breathing through those movements. Do not think of anything else. You're telling me not to think of anything else? All I can think about is now this, this, this and this. And I had to learn ways in which I had to learn to be still. What's that for you? I'll tell you mine after, but what's that
0: well, for Well, to be honest, I for well, I started meditating when I was 13 and I've always yeah. had a really busy mind and I've got a lot of hacks that help to mm. accelerate that process. Me too. So yeah. I do a lot of different kriyas, a lot of visualization. Like when you combine the breath mm. and a visualization and a mantra – And you've got your intention of where you want to go. It's like everything aligns so like for some people who've got busy minds you actually have to just keep the mind busy and it's not a question of trying if you try and tell tell something. oh i
2: love that i love that if you
0: you're Mm. using it's like if there's a clock ticking and i was like the clock's annoying it's like fucking sorry excuse me shut up shut up you actually (laughs) use it no you use it for your meditation thank you god thank you god so om Mm. om om or Mm. you know or get So it it's going with
2: it rather than against it. Exactly.
0: Right? So yeah. you're and that's the whole point, is going with your own natural flow yeah. and your own natural tendencies. We each so some good. of us are really busy in the mind, some of us are more feeling, some of us mm. are more sound oriented. And actually the power of the mind is so, so great. And oh, when you utilize, so great. Mm-hmm. you utilize what your natural tendencies are, yeah. and you can hack the system like really easily. Oh so much
2: so. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I never hear people that talk about stillness saying that it's okay to be busy in the brain. But I have always said that to those because a lot of the ones that play at big levels, we have very busy brains. A lot of us have smartness, and so our brains are constantly working things out. And I and, and I talk about hacks as well, and, and a lot of what I do because I had to learn those hacks to be able to feel really at peace in different situations. And I think that was the thing that was missing for many years in my life was I didn't know how to do those things. So an example being, you know, in business, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, there is always things to do. There's always the to-do lists and the to-do lists can get bigger and bigger the more you think of them. I remember thinking, okay, so sleep is really powerful. We need to have it and you need to learn how to wind down. How do you do that if you've got all these things in your brain that you still got to do? And so I am really clear in the morning of how I, you know, what is it I need to actually get done today? I have other ways in which to put some of those other things in. So I say it's the the now, the next, and the soon. lists, and they have got different times when I go back to them. So it's not that I don't forget those things. They've got their place. It's just not now in my brain that I need to worry about. And then I work on the now. So whatever I've got for that day, so it might be three to five things that I'm going to do today. And I do those, you know, the the end of the day comes and I, I look at it and I go, okay, have I achieved these three to five things, whatever it is. Because some days they're like little things and other days they're like just big things. So it might be just one thing I'm doing. And, and I go, I got this much done, but I actually didn't get the fourth and the fifth thing done. And where in the past that would have stressed me out and I would have, you know, gone, Oh, I didn't get the fourth and the fifth and, you know, Oh, and then had to work through the night or something. And then I go and ask the question and I go, is there anything else I could have humanly possibly done today in my work day? And it might be, look, I could send an email, a message about that fourth one and the fifth one, oh, that just needs to be put on the soon list. I don't need to worry about that. Okay, cool. So, then I send that email and then I ask that question again. Is there anything else humanly possible that I could have done today? And the reality is there was nothing else I could have done. I did everything I possibly could have done. My workday is complete and I put it onto my now list for tomorrow. So, I start looking at it then. And that gave me such permission to sign off from work Mm -hmm. at night And not be stressing about it
0: throughout my night. I think even taking it a step further, it's you know, sometimes when we're trying to get a job done and we're just not in the right space, it's actually time to switch off, go for a walk, have a dance, you know, chat with... Oh, yeah, that
2: wasn't enough for me. I do all that anyway, but it was still in my head. And so, I literally had to learn how to compartmentalize Mm -hmm. what I have in my head so that I'm not leaving that behind. I'm not... It's not that I'm ignoring it. It's Mm -hmm. not that it's not going to get done, Mm -hmm. but that actually it's all I could have humanly done today because none of us have wings and flying around the room.
0: Yeah, and it's also figuring out like what is like for me, something I do at the beginning of the day is like connect with my highest intention for that day. And maybe the task I had yesterday or the day before might not be as higher priorities I, I might have thought because my highest intention for that day is to do, I don't know, a little bit more self-care or to take care of something else that's come up or yeah, it's being able to connect in with that creative flow. The creative flow of a project may not be the way our mind thinks it should be. Mm. So, it's almost stepping out. Tell us out. more about that. So, everything has a natural expansion and contraction, like I was saying, Yeah. and on the expansion, that's the part of the project where we're, you know, the thoughts are flying in, all the different elements are magnetizing in, Mm. and then there's a pause and then it outbirths. But if we're trying to outbirth it, like get it done, forcing it this way, it's gotta be this way, before all the elements have come in, we might be missing some pieces of conversation, communication, information, just things haven't had time. It's a bit like, Planting the seed and then we water it and the sun goes on it and it's in the dark for a little while and then it bursts out. So sometimes there's an element of needing to let go a little bit to give a bit more space and that might be a bit more space for ourselves so we're not pushing, pushing through. A phase where actually we're still still musing on it that or there's still information that needs to come in. And also just sometimes there needs to be a pause before like that right time for it to come out. If we think we know exactly how everything has got to be done, sometimes we miss some of the gold in maybe a phone call or a contact or a yeah. connection who's actually that next P for that project. It's about being able to be in that state of peace and not forcing, you know, to get into a like a deep meditation state, it was kind of going back to that state of peace. You've got concentration, you've got contemplation mm-hmm. and then meditation. Concentration is where you're stopping the mind, you're you know, make, keeping it busy with the, the breath, the mantra, the visualization, whatever you're doing. Then there's a state where you kind of, you're forgetting to do those things and it's kind of that in-between state and then you go into that deepness of meditation and that's a little bit the same of, as when you're like starting on a project or you're working on a project, uh, first you're going to be really focused knowing all the to-do steps and then all of a sudden different elements come in that maybe you hadn't thought of that's like, oh, it could be this way or, oh my God, so-and-so called me, uh, maybe she's the right person. Oh, wow, she's got an either venue or whatever uh, it is. It's allowing life to be uh, part of that process because in our own little mind and some our own ego and you know our own business I've got to fill it in in this time you know that doesn't necessarily leave the time for the seed to be germinating and, and sprouting in its own rhythm so it goes back to that push and pull, the polarity, and the understanding that life itself has its own rhythm. And, and so does a relationship. So does a, a conversation. So does a project. Yeah. And often that's about creating the right space, creating the right environment, just like we would do for a plant, for the project to seed, take root. Magnetize, you know, mm-hmm. what's needed. Yeah. So that's quite a big part of, for me, of kind of that element of trust and being in that stillness of being rather than doing and knowing when it's time to switch it off and then come back to it it's a bit like when you've worked on a really great piece of writing and then you just have to turn off and then come back the next day or in a couple days that's times.
2: the worst I'd rather just sit there and do the whole thing for you like I'm a thorough writer I'm not a quick writer <laughs> that's how I always say it in other words I'm very slow at writing but I like mm. writing and, mm, and but
0: sometimes you're like in the shower and you suddenly get that lost idea. It's like, oh my god, that's the one. But the best had- thing is the phone oh my and having
2: notes on yeah, it. Yeah. I, no, no, I just write on it. But like okay. the notes on there mm. is my favorite place because if I get that moment, which, like you said, because you've got the space that all of a sudden you get this ah, oh, that's what I'm trying to think, or that's who I need to connect with, or whatever that's my notes is
0: my lifesaver. I do voice Mm. notes like that but also it means like committing to giving yourself that space that break you know Mm. that walk out in nature or whatever whatever gets you high and from that state you're going to be a lot more productive you know than pushing 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 through.
2: So, why do we not put more of this into our everyday businesses, culture that we're building out? Because I see the importance in all of this, but I'm not seeing a lot of this.
0: I know. And it feels Mm -hmm. counterintuitive. It's like you've got to get something done. Like, why are you going to switch your computer off and go for a walk? (laughs) But actually, it's so ingrained in our culture and society right from education, Mm -hmm. right from education at the beginning, you know, we're kind of pushed through school, really tight timetable, go home, you haven't got time to do anything, got to do your homework, Mm got to get it done. And it's, I think it, probably goes back to like the nine to five working day that was brought in you know and when you look much more at cultures who are, you know indigenous cultures who are much more in touch with their natural rhythms you know the seasons the flow of the moon cycles the natural thing when when the lights go down then you light a fire and you talk and, and sing and you know you're not pushing through the tasks you know, like the sun's gone down it's <laughs> yeah. going back to the paleo paleo lifestyle you know yeah And it's so hard, it's so, so hard, but actually when you start to do a couple of those things for yourself, suddenly the system can breathe, the nervous system isn't on that tension edge. You know, you can soothe and ease the nervous system to learn to relax and learn to be in that state of oneness and And from there, your senses open up. Yeah,
2: totally. That's actually how I start my day every day. Like before coming on here, you know, I've already spent time with the the puppies that we've got, taking them out. And I've been for the swimming and done my exercise in the pool, made my water with my electrolytes in it, ready for my day today. And now I'm drinking my black coffee, done my measurements because and my gratefulness and... I've got some, a little piece more to do after we get off this call. But those things, if I don't put them in my day, I don't function anymore. I literally don't function. And I don't see it as a waste of time. I see it actually a massive part of productivity. Because I am seeing, I am tracking my indicators on things like my exercise, my health, my baselines. I know where my body is at. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that's the reason I'm doing that is because I want to have baselines on everything I'm doing. Why? Because it becomes priority when you go, I need to see growth here. I need to see growth here. And for me, that is spending time, you know, how much time have I spent today You know, this is what I often ask at the end of the day, how much time today have I spent on writing something? In other words, putting more into the IP, the stuff that's in my head that will eventually get left behind as my legacy. If I die with it, it's going to be pretty useless. So, have I spent some time putting that into whatever that is? Maybe it's the book, maybe it's in the next article, whatever that is, right? And I think that the old approach was you had to go to your nine-to-five kind of job or business and you just had to be pumping at it nonstop and that was going to be the most growth that you'd get, productivity, you would build out the best business that you've got. There is so much research now showing that this is not a truth, showing that you need to have lots of sleep, or showing that you need lots of movement, that actually being stuck in front of a computer is really not happening.
0: Yeah, you know the blue zone? I do, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've actually developed a methodology and a journaling method called Mm. what's called life navigation, and it's about making sure that all your spectrums are in balance. Yeah. It is so profound. So the clients Mm. I work with one-to-one kind of really get into that on quite a deep level, but you can also just do it on its own. Yeah. And it's a really it's a really deep remembering you know you you get to remember like in the cells and in the soul Mm. more of who you truly are rather than the identity of oh i've got to be good at this oh i've got to get this much stuff done today and you know i'm gonna feel good about myself if i've done more than so and so he's working in the next booth you know what Mm. i mean (laughs) It's like we're not robots. We're not machines. You know, well, we will be seen when they chip us all and all the other things. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> Let's hope not. Hey, when when um you know we were talking before, we were saying things like, Well, that's kind of the rebel side of you, that's the disruptive side of you. What if it wasn't? What if in part of our new approach to doing things differently to get different results? This wasn't strange
0: thing to be talking about what we know it shouldn't Mm. be it's that should be normal and that's the crazy thing
2: so how how do we get there
0: what what does that need to my sorry my battery Mm. looks like it's going out it is plugged in i need to check it this is important
2: for the listeners that are listening as she's doing this you know why are we Why Why is this the rebel thing? Why is this not the normal? Why is the old approach, even though many times, like I have had so many conversations here on the decision table where, you know, we find ourselves going, we need a new approach. It's why everything I talk about is about this need for a new approach. Why do I have so many people in my world that are saying, yes, we need a new approach, yet we're still stuck in so many systems that are archaic. So many, you know, systems stuck in in conditionings and biases that are just not serving us going forward. Anyway, you're back, yeah. Emma.
0: This disruption is—we are actually disrupting the disrupting the norm. So mm. disrupting what? happened in our nervous system when we were small that we became comfortable and used to. We're disrupting what's happening in the society or identity of our family and culture, again, that we've become used to without even questioning it. And we're disrupting how we've come used to seeing ourselves to to enable us to step into that next level future self. And for me this is normal and should be normal for everybody
2: and for me too which is why it's easy to have a conversation but in the same way I go this we're still having some of these conversations and we're still asking some of these questions and and we need to we
0: need to because things need to shake up it's like it's not until you start shaking that the yeah that things can spark
2: so if we were to shake it what, how can we shake it so we're narrowing that gap? That from this being not the norm to becoming the norm,
0: we have to go do a little bit of what's counterintuitive, what feels counterintuitive to our nervous system and to the societal patterns. So we do have to do what feels like is a little bit of a rebellious thing, even Ooh, though it's actually, it <laughs> even though it's like deep, deep self-love radical self-love mm. we don't we weren't taught to to love ourselves as we should have been loved you know this is yeah, so true models are nowhere near what we as human beings need and mm. it should be a lot more normal to be in touch with our own needs and to be following them without questioning them but there's so much questioning mm. because that we have so many models of what's normal what things should be or how people get called out when they're doing something different and if we all stand together and support each other in doing that and make uh, that, yes. that the norm and look at optimizing ourselves and really stepping into what's possible then yeah it's all, it's that. all at your fingertips yes.
2: It is and I think, yep, you know, one of the things that I saw a lot of when I was traveling the world nonstop was and I began writing a book and then this thing called a pandemic hit the world and I ended up not writing the book because it was called isolation and I felt that everyone was going to think that I was writing about a pandemic and I wasn't. It was actually a and I caught it an epidemic I saw within leadership actually in the human race. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I just saw it nonstop in all the work that I was doing across the globe, this yes. whole isolation case. And, you know, there were leaders who were isolating, there were minorities that were isolating, you name it, it was isolation, isolation. And what I said was the solution by the end of what I was writing was I felt that it was collaboration. Because I felt that unless we come together, unless we start unifying our, you know, goals to see, you know, paradigms shifting, then, you know, we can try and do it on our own, but we are so much stronger when we collaborate with one another
0: fully do it on our own because we well I don't believe we can yeah so we're, we're I agree community, mm. we're community beings and as
2: I believe we are all having to own what we can do on our own yeah but as a collective radical,
0: radical ownership mm. but as yeah. as my energy sparks your sparks yeah it's your conversation sparks it's sparks yes. my mind and it's like that sparking it's, it's almost like having the test tube with all the elements in Totally we, we bounce off each other and we support each other and it's a natural and really healthy model to be coming together in. it uh, is
2: but again this is not the norm mm-hmm. we do not see many many things that are great and collaborative and you know the thing is you know, it's interesting because we talked about this when I first came on, like just as we were putting headphones on and getting the microphones ready, and that was the fact that I've been, I'm here in Australia and on the east coast here we've been dealing with floods. And you know, there's a lot of people getting cranky right now because and in many cases the right so, right? Because the government haven't or aren't providing the services they want and the communities had to kick in. But, you know, there's a side of me that goes, but isn't that what communities about? Isn't that what we actually need to stop relying on some oh, of these systems that. that aren't serving us and really realize that we have got to work together as a community that's a collective that is going to bring forth what is needed in the human race going forward, and I know this is going to wrap up lots of people on my side of town, which is why I hesitated saying that. But I do really, truly feel it right now that yeah, we can. Are, um, you know. <laughs> well, we can rely on these systems, and yes, we have in the past, and yes, we might pay taxes and we do all the different things that we hope that they use those finances to give us the services we need when we need them. But I think we have to get back, and this comes back to a lot of my work on, you know, smart humans making smart decisions. We have to rely on our human intelligence. And as a collective, we have human intelligence we can call on and we need to connect with that and collaborate with that.
0: Yeah, Go the systems are only as useful as the, the amount of love that the humans have got who are running them. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. that's the gap. And and we and
2: not only that, I think also the freedom of how they are allowed to use their smartness within it. Because within those systems, there is often centralization. There is often pieces of it where there are rules, regulations, and they can't move beyond that, whether they want to or not. Yeah. But and I think that, this is
0: all of that disempowers us from being in the collective and being able to correct. Together. So
2: it goes back to the collective and the mm-hmm. communities around us. Mm-hmm. And I feel that although we in the past relied on other things to almost leverage that responsibility out, I think it's time for us as a human race. To figure out how can we help our neighbor? How can we be part of this community? How can we add value to other people as they need to be the best they can as well? Not just you or me.
0: Yeah. We've, I run a homeless, I founded a homeless Mm. soup kitchen in the UK like 10 years ago. And now it's kind of me building. We're serving 150 people a week amazing and so many meals and you know helps with housing and rehabilitation and all the things and I've always had that element to me that unless right. I'm unless I'm giving back I can yeah. sit back and, and I'm here with you yes and so it's, good it's- Like they say, it takes a village to raise a child, you know. Yeah,
2: and we're not doing that. And I think that is one of the things we can go back to in our culture when we're building our culture going forward is how are we building communities? Mm. What is that tribal part that maybe we left behind Mm. Yet we need to bring forward. Anyway, so many things. If someone wants to know more about what you do, how do they connect with you? How do they get to know more of what you're amazing Amazingness is across the globe.
0: They can find me on my web mentor on LinkedIn and Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I work with leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries who are looking to get to that next level. So overcoming the pieces that keep dragging them back, the looping yeah. patterns, the brick walls they keep hitting. And really that's about us tweaking, finding those blocks, clearing the energy and moving forward with yeah a new vibrancy in life.
2: Mm, okay. So it's come to this time in the in the decision table where I do ask the one question the same every time. And that is, what are you taking from our conversation today?
0: The richness that's been reminded, yeah, to me in our conversation is definitely about community. Mm. And I think obviously hearing about the floods there with you, I mean, we're all in such a crazy world right now, yeah. And that need for us to really reach out and remind ourselves and each others that we we can't do it alone. And no matter how good we are, you know, at one thing, no matter what what we're leading in, you know, what we're thriving on, there's an element of sparking off together that Mm -hmm. is going to help us to really really do a much greater service to us as individuals and to the collective. Yeah.
2: I think one of the things that is interesting across the globe right now is we're seeing a shake up. You talked about a shake up. And I think that part of that shake up is that us as humans need to collaborate. We need to you know, have stronger communities. You look at what's happening in the Ukraine. It cannot happen with just the Ukraine themselves. What an amazing country that is, you know, just fighting until the, the bitter end. But now we're seeing people from across the globe. You know, I, I saw some things yesterday where some Americans are coming over to fight. You know, we've got different, you know, all the sanctions across. It is going to take a world collaborating together to make sure that, you know, the Ukraine are able to continue in the way that they need to be able to continue. And I just go, does it, you know, it kind of breaks my heart that it takes major challenges like floods, like pandemics, like, you know, a war for humans to realize that there is more than just building out your own little world and just because you want it a certain way it doesn't fit all together as the bigger puzzle across the globe and I think one of the things about these challenges is that it's created space for people to realize maybe there's a little more than, than uh, what we've been doing in the past and so that gives me hope on some of our conversation today and that is you know we've talked about things that are really kind of stuck in the old approach and we're we're almost like little rebels or disruptives disruptors and what if we were to bring that to the norm and and that became the norm and i think that's what i'm taking from our conversation is how do we keep narrowing that gap so that we start asking different questions. Like I feel like I've spent the last two years asking a lot of the same questions to see if even if I'm on the right path on this and I would love for us to be able to start asking different questions along this because this has now become our norm and we're just growing and there's, I don't know, we can springboard off some of this. So that's kind of what I'm taking from that going, oh, my work is so important because I think that's a good reminder sometimes, right? Because we often, we get stuck in the in the everyday sort of, oh, it's just another day. It's another piece of it of, oh my goodness, is anyone even listening? And it's like, how cool is it that there is someone else out there who is trying to see that we do it differently. And I think that's what's so powerful about all of these conversations we have on the decision table is that we're not alone. We're not isolated. There are many others, but I think it just reminds me back to something that I spent almost two years solidly on and that is collaboration. And how do we continue even though there's lots of needs and lots of us are really busy in our own worlds, how can we still keep collaborating Because I think there's a lot of power in that. And you've reminded me about that today. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Cameron. Really, really amazing to connect with you. Yeah. Is there anything else that you felt like you wanted to say but you didn't get to say? no just make sure you take space for yourself you know whatever you're doing mm. just, you know take those moments of wonder whether it's in the breath, whether it's in the nature or water or you know some magical conversations because it's only when we bring space that we can change the conditions that's actually going to be reverse engineering us showing up differently mm. love that
2: All right. Thank you. Thank you for our conversation today. What an amazing
0: conversation. Thanks, Kieran Marie.
1: Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.